What's going on, Dingerball Nation? This is Logan here, and we are on part two of a five-set series on who is the top ten overall players for our Dingerball rankings. Tune in and let us know if you enjoy. Welcome to part two of our series on who is the top 10 players from last season. Uh, just a recap, last time we had number 10 of Garrett Cole and number 9 of Mookie Betts. Um, we're going to be moving on with this one, but first, I'm with Jacob. How's it going, Jacob? You know, it's going really well today, Logan. Uh, baseball is kind of in the air. Uh, pitchers and catchers reported recently, I believe. I think that was actually mm -hmm. today. Uh, just real excited for the next realistically six to seven months of our lives are going to be very much focused around baseball and we're we're real excited here at dinger ball to to start talking more baseball with you guys now that the season's on underway yeah um just because it's off season doesn't mean we have a lack of things to talk about and we'll probably have some more episodes talking about things that are going on in the off season and all that crazy stuff but right now we're just going to be focusing on our top 10 and kind of really just go down that list and let you know our reasons why we put them there. Um, we'll just go ahead and go right in here to this one. And number eight on our list of our top 10 is Jacob deGrom, the back-to-back -back Cy Young winner. Um, like we mentioned before, pitchers had a little bit of an adjustment due to, you know, pitchers are differently valued than what position players are. Yeah, pitchers are just a weird animal, man. So obviously they're going to be valued just a little bit differently. So we kind of put that into terms with everybody else and try to match it up as evenly as possible. And this is what we came up with. Um, so Jacob DeGrom at number eight, man. This guy's been really, really good these past few years of his career. And it's kind of hard for him just to be excellent, though, just because the team he's been on. It's really no fault of his own. Like you look at what he's done in 2019 alone, he is 11 and 8, 2.43 ERA, over 200 innings, which is a rarity nowadays. Like considering 10 years ago, you had guys going over 200 easily and a .97 WHIP. So, in some of those stats, you know, I think show how good of a pitcher he are. And obviously, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna dive deeper into him. But what are your initial thoughts on him? I mean, obviously, there's there's not a lot you can say out of him just based on like first impressions like there's nothing you can say that he does wrong he is an elite talent arm he's he's a he's a top tier arm and i, I don't care what team you play on he, he, unfortunately for him he's on the mets which really doesn't he's got to work a lot harder than every other pitcher in the league to be at the talent level that he is realistically because the the players around him the team around him isn't as good as some other teams i mean he he lost the most amount of close games I think we've ever seen in history last year. Like the amount of one run games that he was losing was insane. And, and that's, that's a big part of the Grom that really puts him on this list as well as he's not a starter that pitches in a lot of games where he doesn't have a lot of stress early on. It's, it's a lot of stressful innings on him too. And in, in that 205 innings, he pitched 204, 205 innings. He's going to pitch every year. Exactly. I think that if you put him on a different team, it would really show how talented he is just because he 
honestly doesn't get the run support like you stated. That's something that's really hard as a pitcher, um, you know, especially as what I would know. If you're pitching with a lead, it makes you even better, I feel like, most of the time because it adds on to your confidence and it makes you feel a lot better about the situation. But with him, I mean, he's obviously been good. Um, his ex-fip in 2019 was a 3.11 um, ERA of 2.43 and a regular FIP of 2.67. So obviously he's a good pitcher, and I think that there is a lot of things that are not on the table for him that people don't really see. And that's also why he was Cy Young, because he is the best pitcher in that now. Something that a lot of people really don't, get to know about very much you know i think that there's pitchers out there that have better stuff that might be higher on this list but Degrom is a whole pitcher and he would be higher on this list too if it wasn't for the team that he was on um i think that one thing that i really like about him is just his ability to really compete in any game situation and maybe this year might be the year that the mets might be able to help him but i'm not keeping my hopes up uh, honestly, this is kind of feeling like a year where the Mets didn't really do a lot in the offseason to try to help. It's just kind of keeping that young core together, uh, especially like you give a guy like Pete Alonzo another year. That's going to help offensively. They were a younger team. So, I mean, we're, we're going to see what's going to happen for the next next year with them. But, I mean, that pitching staff still going to carry them, and especially with, with the big three monster that they have with the Grom, obviously one of the best pitchers in the league, Syndergaard who can be like an elite pitcher and Stroman. All three of those guys are elite talents and the Grom leads this group by a long shot. He, he is very clearly better than the other two. And, but I mean, that's an elite team. And if those three can figure out together and just have successful runs just week after week, start after start, like that, this could be a list that Degrom ends up in the top three or four easily, if if his team can be a little bit better and he can be put in better situations where he doesn't need to go out there and throw 120 stressful pitches because he knows once he gets to that bullpen or when they get late in the game, if it's tied or if they're losing, they're in a bad spot. Exactly. Something that I really want to bring a note is the Mets last year really kind of went on a run there at the second half of the year for a little bit, especially after they got Stroman. So I'm saying there is a chance that they could be a little bit better. And especially with that rotation they have, there's a lot of opportunities, but they're in the tough division. There's a lot that can go wrong, especially with Atlanta, especially with the Phillies, especially with the world series champions there. So you have a lot that could go wrong. Well, I mean, even like, like looking at the ground, like you can look at his, his win loss total. He won 11 games out of 32 starts with with a with a 2.43 ERA. Dude, that's unreal. That's incredible. He struck out 255 guys too. 255 strikeouts in 204 innings and a 2.43 ERA should never equate to 11 wins. That should be closer to 15 to 16 minimum. <laughs> and that's and it's so it's not his fault last year, which is the hardest part about it, is that he did everything right. Exactly. It's not like I said, like he's getting cut short with the innings either. Like he's like, oh, he can only go five innings. So that's why he's losing games. No, he's going 200 innings in a season, which is impressive. And then on top of that, something that I wanted to bring to note is the fact that his strikeout and walk ratio has been, you know, a lot better ever since the 2017 season. So like in 2017, he had 28. 
5.9% strikeouts and then 7.1% walks. And then the next season, 5.5% walks. And then in 2019, 5.5% walks. And his strikeouts went above 30%. So when you're striking out 30% of your guys, and then you're also really competitive on the mound, making guys have weak contact, and you're really just missing barrels, which is something that he kind of, you know, was really good at doing. Oh, yeah, he, he gave up he out of his... 498 batted balls last year. He only hit, there was only 25 barrels. Which, think about how many pitches he has. How many pitches in a season he has, and that's how many barrels he gave up. There was 3,297 3, pitches. 498 of those balls got put in play, and 20, 25 of them were barreled up. And also, the other part that I would like to talk about him even, that probably most people don't know about is the exit velocity against him. He was in top seven in the league in exit velocity against. He, the average fat ball off the bat from a pitch by Jacob DeGrom was 85.8 miles per hour. That is a very impressive stat as well because it's like some of these guys are hitting the ball. They're like There's exit velocities in the in the hundreds easily. They're, they're, we're seeing triple-digit exit velocity on a daily basis in the MLB nowadays, and that really didn't happen against DeGrom. Like he – he limited hard hits. He limited contact very well last year. And it's honestly been the last two years because he was right around the same the year before as well. And and it's always been right around that 85 to 87 is where he is for his exit velocity against. Really, his key is he's making guys miss the barrel, like we said earlier. But he's not just making them miss. He's making them swing, you know, on top of the ball. So that means he's getting some exceptional movement. And there's a lot. His launch angle did go up this year. Yeah. His launch angle increased to 12% uh, up from 10. But 12% launch angle is still not bad. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he makes guys, really, he doesn't allow that many hard hits. Like, that's the thing about him. Um, And you could see because the launch angle did increase, I think his amount of home runs over this past year increased as well. So, uh, his home run to fly ball ratio was 11.2% this past year. So, you know, there's a little bit of correlation to that. Um, is he where he is going to be most of the time? Yeah, I would say it's probably a little bit high for him. So you might see a little bit of regression down. I would expect somewhere in the 9% range for home run to fly ball ratio. But honestly, he's a solid pitcher. And one thing that I really want to mention why I want to put him above Cole is the reason he's there is because of the team he's on isn't reflective of how good he really is. Um, if you put Jacob DeGrom on the Houston Astros last year, I would tell you that he probably had over 20 wins, easily over 20 wins. And, oh, without a doubt. I mean, he'd probably be, I I don't, and the eight losses would be even lower too. He wouldn't have lost eight games with Houston last year. He would have lost closer to four or five. Exactly. And who knows what they could have done. He probably would have been about a 23, 24 win pitcher with, with the way that his games went. Yeah. It's really scary to think about that and just in general. And also, DeGrom has two Cy Youngs compared to Cole Zeros. But we're not going to be comparing here because that's not really what that's all about. But, I mean, the yeah, kind of it is. is, but we're not comparing the trophies. The trophies can be arbitrary, and obviously they weren't against each other last year. So it's kind of like comparing apples to oranges. But still, like it's the same thing. You look at DeGrom, you have a stud pitcher. And he's been, you know, very healthy in his career. He's been a very solid pitcher, especially with whatever he's done. 
And I think that the only thing that really holds him back compared to Cole would be his strikeouts. But other than that, I think he's a better pitcher. And you look at what he's done. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't necessarily think strikeouts should be the tell-all. Oh, for no, not at all. That's because why Cole's lower. I mean, De- DeGrom is a more complete pitcher than Garrett Cole. He's been that way for the last three years, and – uh, this is not nothing against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is still top five pitcher in the MLB, will be for the next probably three to five years. But DeGrom's going to be a top five pitcher in the MLB probably for the next three to five years too. And they're, they're, the Scherzer is going to be up there. You're, you're going to see those three guys, those names are going to be in the top of the leaderboards just because of the way they compete too. That's the other part is, is DeGrom is a grinder too. Yep. He will. He he's not going to give into batters. He's and, and that's how most of the guys at the top of the that the, the guys we talk about the guys at the top of the MLB for pitching. Mm-hmm. That's how they are. They're out there to grind out at bats. They're they're not going to give in just because they got six foul balls in a row. They're not going to be like, okay, let's just throw one in the dirt and hopefully he swings. It's hey, you still got to put the ball in play. You still have to hit a ball hard off me to get a hit. So I'm going to still go right at. I'm going right at you. And that's the difference between the top guys in the MLB and the bottom guys. Exactly. Another thing that really sets Jacob DeGrom apart is just his arsenal in general, man. Like, his pitching arsenal is deadly. Um, You look at his slider. His slider is one of the better ones out there. I mean, it's not fantastic, but you're going to say that's a pretty good slider. His ex-Wobo on it is uh, 2.225. So, that's honestly not too bad. And he's getting a lot of people that really not hit it well. Um, the exit velocity on that is 83.3 and his put away rate is 26%, which means that's one of his primary put away pitches. And he primarily uses it against right-handed batters, which is expected with a slider on a righty. So I think that's something to be of note. And also he has a pretty good changeup too, on top of that. And he uses it primarily against lefties and that thing's deadly with a 0.208 X Woba. And I mean, really it's, just impressive that you can have that kind of pitch and it has almost a 30% put away rate. So when he throws that pitch, it's night, night time. So I think that his whole entire arsenal in general is just, you know, superior. I mean, obviously his fastball gets hit around a little bit, but fastballs in the major leagues get hit around. doesn't matter how hard you throw. Usually they get hit around unless you're throwing 105 all the time. But I think that he has impressive stuff and we'll see a lot more out of him this next year. Oh, yeah, I just I kind of expect the trend to kind of be the same with him uh, for the last three years. Like just go off of him like the most basic stat we have. Like we'll, we'll go off of just FIP. We'll do we'll do FIP and ERA. He's been right around that that two to three range is typically where he's at. Anywhere in that gap is typically where he's going to be at for for those two stats, at least. I mean, the, the year before he was at a one ninety nine. Uh, FIP in a 170 ERA, which is just unheard of to be that low as a starting pitcher. And in, in 270 innings, that's unheard of. This year, he kind of came back to he kind of came back down to earth, but he was still a 243. Like that is still like that's elite, elite. Like that is one of the guys where when he comes out on the mound, you feel like if we can get him three runs, we're gonna win every game he pitches. And unfortunately for him, the team he was on sometimes couldn't get those three runs mm-hmm. for him. But a 2.43 ERA, even with a little bit higher F, uh, FIP of 2.67, mm-hmm. 
that still is incredible. And we're probably going to be right around that spot for, for, for his future as well. That's just kind of where he's been. Uh, I think the one real exception for that was the year when he only had 24 starts because he got injured. And that was 2016. He was only at 148 innings. Like, he was way lower than he's been in the past. Uh, but he he's definitely been elite for basically since he's got to the major leagues. He's been an elite pitcher. Short hair to ground's better. <laughs> there was arguments that he wasn't going to be better. So, I think that's pretty cool that he's able to break through those. But what is fun, <laughs> and we'll be dropping a little hint ski here, is that he's not the number one pitcher on our list, and he's went back-to-back Cy Young. So that can leave you a little bit of you know suspense for the coming weeks and see who we have above him. Um, and it'll probably be in the next two episodes. He will be in our – it will be in our next episode. It will be the, the, top, the top pitcher on our list will be next episode. Absolutely. So I don't know. We'll not release the name yet, though. Can't say it. Yeah, it might leave some debates. I don't know. Some people might be upset, but we'll see. I'm not really too upset, but how about we go <laughs> on to our number seven guy, George Springer. Who would have thought we would have this This guy? one was definitely hard to put on this list. Yeah, well, I mean, it was kind of hard. Um, he originally came in in our uh, little projection that we had with our numbers, and we were just kind of like, oh, okay, like George Springer, but yeah, he deserves to be on this list, man. Like, he's a good player. Last year, he almost hit 40 home runs. I know a lot of people really don't care about home runs, but that's a solid season. Trash can or not, um, he could have been higher. <laughs> Maybe minus trash can talks. So I don't know on that. Um, batting around 300 is what you want to see. The 383 on base percentage and a 591 slugging percentage. You know, he's one of those guys who kind of flies under the radar, especially for me. I feel like he's not one of those like star players. But he had an exceptionally great season last year. With Oh, yeah, definitely. did. And the, the thing that I'm going to mention that you didn't yet, and I'm just going to jump in because I'm going to beat you to it, is uh the WRC that he had this year. That was the thing that really put him over the edge for me personally because, like, obviously 298, 292 batting average, that's good. 383 on base percentage. So what the rest of these guys on his list are right around there or higher even. Uh, but 156 WRC is impressive for for a hitter, and, and that really kind of pushed it over the edge because there aren't – I don't think there's very many guys that are higher on this list than him for that stat. Yeah. So – one thing that I want to mention on top of that is his barrel percentage last year. So, um, we talk barrel percentage. Usually, you're talking about like 10% for an average player. Like, that's, you know, okay. But last year, 14.3%. So, what I kind of want to talk about, we're going to get into a little bit of the garbage can talk, is did the pitching, the pitch tipping system potentially help him? This last year, yes, I think it did. Like you look, it absolutely look. did. You can you can prove it with the stats. You can physically prove it. You can sit down and look at it. Nine point three, eight point nine, and it jumped to fourteen point three. With less, with he did put less balls in play this year, and he did have less at bats too. So that's one factor. But see, his exit velocity not that much of a difference. Career average though, like his exit velocity is career average, but. The barrel percentage is something that a lot of people kind of underestimate. It's whenever you pretty much dial up the baseball. So, like, if you're knowing what's coming, it's going to be a lot easier. Um, some of his other stats. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot easier to time up a baseball when you know what's coming, especially considering the 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 change of velocity mm-hmm. 
the change in depth, the change in movement on fastballs, sliders, all the other stuff that guys have nowadays. Like, hitting a baseball is probably the hardest thing to do in sports, especially barreling it up, because your job is to hit a round ball with a round bat and hit it square. Hard. It's hard to do. <laughs> like, it just sounds stupid even just saying Who invented it, that? but it works somehow. <laughs> but stupid double day. Yeah. What was he thinking back in the day? He's like, I'm gonna have this round bat, hit a round ball. This king. You know, I think my I think my bet is that he just saw the game of cricket and thought we can't use the same bat as them. It has to be a lot That's more interesting than cricket. I think that might also be a thing. Sorry, English people. I mean I'm English, so I'm allowed to say it, I guess, but you know, honestly, even especially with his like ex Woba, you can see there was almost near it was his career high and he had one season where he was point zero zero five off of that. So did it help? I think yes. Oh yeah, his, his ex Woba was in the top four percent in the league this yeah. year. And I just have an issue. And the year before he wasn't even in that conversation. So you definitely it definitely helped. It does help. Like you can't sit here and tell me that if you've ever played baseball, that if you know what's coming, it's easier to hit. It's not it's not easy by any stretch of the of the imagination. Hitting a baseball is never easy, especially with the exit velocity coming off these guys' bats, because you have to generate a lot of power yourself and time it up. And that's that's not an easy task. But it's a lot easier when you're training to hit baseballs mm-hmm. and you're trained to do this, and now you know what's coming. It makes it easier. Something else that I want to bring up here and that you kind of just hit on, um, he hit a lot more home runs on fastballs last year. If you compare his splits between 2019 and 2018 on fastballs, breaking ball, and off speed, about how many home runs he hit on each pitch, in 2018, it was 12 home runs on fastballs. Eight on breaking balls and two on off speed. In 2019, he hit 27 home runs off fastballs, which is roughly 15 more. That's 15 more home runs in a season off just one pitch. And then on top of that, he had eight home runs on breaking balls and then three on off speed, which is pretty much the same. The only pitch category that he really did better in was fastballs. Like he mashed the fastball and his exit velocity went up by almost two miles per hour and then i mean his other pitches went up a little bit his off speed actually went down but um his breaking ball exit velocity went up by almost two so it kind of makes you think i there's something to put a like put into this a little bit of trash can talk no there's there's definitely something to be said there and obviously we don't need to talk about it like we 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 basically talked to death now. True, and it's gonna be argued for years and years to come. So that's gonna be there's gonna be realistically the two biggest arguments, three biggest arguments in baseball for years to come, is going to be this scandal, steroid era, and Pete Rose. That's gonna be the three biggest arguments in baseball that are never gonna go away, because he just Pete Rose just just tried to get back into the Hall of Fame again. <laughs> See, <laughs> I like it. I love his drive. <laughs> Dude, persistence wins everything, man. Break that rock. <laughs> He's been doing it every year for the past, what, what's it been now, like 
20 years he's been doing this for now. Many years. <laughs> Every single year. Something <laughs> pops up like in the major leagues, like somebody did something, like somebody like got suspended for drugs. Oh, Pete Rose is like, oh, all I did was, uh, all I did was bet on myself to get a base hit. I'm like, well, you're not, you probably shouldn't have done yeah, that. I was just gambling on the games that I was managing. I don't know. I was just gambling on myself, man. <laughs> I had no control over this. I just let it happen. <laughs> oh, man. But oh, we can hop back into George Springer, you know, trash can aside, um, put that out in the dumpster. <laughs> okay. Last joke on that. But literally Stop. though, he had a great year. Stop no matter what, he had a great year. And I really applaud anybody who's able to do things like that because playing baseball in general is just very difficult. It's a very hard sport. I mean, I played it. I have an appreciation for it. Like anything in baseball, you know, whether you're hitting or pitching, you know, pitching, you may seem like, oh, it's just throwing a ball. It was throwing a strike. How hard is that? Hard. And for a hitter, it'd be like, oh, you're just hitting a ball. How hard is that? Hard. So I think even if you know it or not, whatever matters, you have to hit the baseball and you have to play the game, man. It doesn't really matter. So he did an extremely good job. And we're going to see next year how he fares doing everything else. If he does it again, man, I I don't know. He might be a pirate in this list because he's been a fairly consistent player. He's been fairly good. I really don't have any problems with him. Um, I think that, honestly, you know, he's probably not going to be like MVP talks kind of guy because I just don't really see that in him. But I see him have a lot of potential to be up there in the top like 50% of the league probably next year. And he might slide down a little bit just because of things and certain players will come back up, you know, cause like guys like Ronald Acuna, Matt Chapman, Arenado could have a say and be like, Hey, we're here now and you're out. So a lot could happen. But right now, I mean, honestly, like all of his stats in general make him say that he's better than most of those other people. And I think that he deserves to be number seven on this list. Well, the other part I want to talk about is that he is an elite, like, like, yeah, we talk about him the way he hits ball. He's an elite outfielder too. Like, He's a really good outfielder. He's a good center fielder for that team when he's healthy. Uh, so, I mean, you can't really – you can kind of talk about what he did last year, but he missed a lot of that season. He was not 100% for a lot of that season. But he still made a lot of – all the likely plays, the majority of the road team plays. He made a majority of the – even in unlikely plays. So basically, if there was a 10% to 100% catch probability, George Springer did a really good job of making those plays this year. And, and that's not being 100%. And and that's that's the other part that doesn't get talked about enough with him is his defensive ability sometimes. Because we, we focus on the bats of the Astros. We don't really focus as much on the outfield defense. And outside of, realistically, the middle infielders, Bregman doesn't really get talked that much about defensively either. He's a great defensive third baseman, and and we don't really talk about either of those guys as much. And his defensive ability is another just aspect of his game that really helps out his ability to be a top ten player. Is because you can trust to stick him in center field, right field, left field, and he he's going to go run down balls for you. He's going to make the plays that needs to be made, and he's going to give you some of those plays where. Like the, the the pitcher's tipping his hat to him because he just saved his butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like you said with his defense, he was actually better than normal um, last year. Um, in the field, his DRS was 11, 
which is that's pretty good. So, I mean, she had 11 defensive runs saved over the course of the year, which I feel like is very, very good for an outfielder um, compared to his last two seasons when he had combined negative seven. And then he had six and six in 2016 and 2015. So you could just say that he was healthy. He had a solid year and he's honestly not a liability in the outfield. And he will actually sway things more in your direction. So, you know, I've seen him play a couple times and he's really good in the outfield. And I think that's something that goes under noted, especially with a lot of these guys like Mookie last time, um, really good defender. I just have a little bit of issues with his offense at times, but um, you know, I could change over the course of the year, especially with where he is now. So I see really no flaw in putting George Springer here because he's an all around offensive and defensive guy. And he really adds a lot to a club. Yep. Definitely agree. Uh, I think that's all we got for eight and seven today. Right, buddy? Yes, sir. Um, we'll be probably be coming out with a episode talking about some of the off season trades that have gone on. Uh, the multiple ones that have gone on with LA. Um, we'll be talking about some of that, and we'll also be talking about a little bit of other things. That was a shit show. That was. And we'll also probably be talking about <laughs> the other crap that's going on with just the commissioner in general. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still gonna. Uh, I don't think Trevor Bauer sometimes realizes who he works for because he just comes out of the woodwork and just fires shots at whoever he wants. And I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm here for it. Uh, he doesn't care about throwing balls over center field fences. So if balls over center field fence, you know, the guy that is the ability to suspend him, find him, whatever he wants to do, come out, call him an idiot. <laughs> love it all. <laughs> I love it. If you guys like throwing baseballs over the center field fence after a start and you like talking about trades, just Tune into our next episodes here. I mean, honestly, and especially if you want to hear more about some of the guys we have going on ahead of us, like, you know, through six through one. I mean, wonder who we got on there. Yeah, make sure you guys come back. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. We're still at Dingerball Podcast. Me and Logan are always down to talk. If you guys want to follow us as well, Hennessy 18 and talk underscore underscore 44. Woohoo! Absolutely. Yeah. Took me about 20, 20 something episodes, but I got it now. Don't worry. It's all about that matters. It. Uh, and obviously, make sure you guys tune in next week um, to our next episode. I mean, we'll, we're going to be talking more about our list, and and we'll probably have a little special episode about all the all the stuff going on and live in baseball right now with all the trades, all the off season moves, and all the new rule changes that are potentially going to go into effect. Absolutely. Till next time. Bye. Yeah, I'm just flying by